Welcome to Working Dog Radio, broadcasting the bite. Hey guys, Alicia here with Working Dog Radio, Torchlight Canine, and Oil Capital Canine Fund. I'd like to say thank you guys for listening to us for the past six years. That would not be possible without you and without our sponsors. We want to say thanks to Ray Allen Manufacturing. They've been a longtime partner of ours. They're friends of ours. We do equipment with them. We use their equipment every day. Ray Allen, the letter K, the number nine on socials, Ray Allen K9. Please check them out at rayallen.com. If you guys are looking to go to a conference this year, it has to be none other than HITS Canine Conference. They're going to be in New Orleans 2024 from August 26th to the 29th. If you guys are interested in going, and you should be, please contact Jeff Barrett at 863-529-5113 or check him out at HITS, the letter K, the number nine, dot net. Everybody wants to feed their dog well, and if you're feeding them kinetic, you are. It takes the guesswork out of it. They've got some new supplements coming, some new flavors coming. We're going to have some previews for you. Please tune in for that. Kineticdogfood.com, 513-615-6904. Check them out. American Aluminum Products save dogs' lives. All of our officers use their canine inserts. They also make some really nice rad crates and a lot of other things, including training aids. Check them out. American Aluminum Accessories on the socials. You can call them toll-free, 800-277-0869, or email them for a quote at quotes at aaa-mail.com. Horizon Structures is a one-stop shop for your dog kennels. If you guys are serious about this and you're getting into it, you need space for dogs, give them a call, 888-447-4337. From mild to wild, let your imagination go. They can make it and drop it off at your door. Horizon Structures. And we would really like it if you guys would follow us on our new YouTube, Working Dog Radio YouTube. You're going to be able to see our pretty faces. You're going to be able to see our ads and our guests. We're going to have some really cool training videos. We're going to release podcasts earlier uh, in that avenue. So please join us on our YouTube. We really appreciate you. Thank you for listening. All right, everybody. We are back. Working Dog Radio broadcasting the bite from the frozen tundra of Ohio. I am Eric Stambro. As usual with me is uh, my co-host, Ted Summers from Tulsa, Oklahoma, in the middle of probably the biggest handler class you've ever done i would think one of them yeah i got 14 guys here now um we're already filling up our april class uh this is middle of uh, it was like middle of january we're filling up the april class already and we got dogs coming in from europe um i had originally scheduled them to be here this week and i'm glad they're not because um it's like six here yeah they might not even let them fly no, I, yeah, I didn't even think about that. We didn't, we yeah. had that problem during the summertime with the heat, but man, it's been so cold. Like we moved all the police dogs inside. Um, we have, um, half of the, the small runs outside. We installed those, um, 2000 watt, like I call them French fry heaters, but they're basically those big quartz things that are super mm-hmm. hot. 
and we had trouble keeping the kennel like those kennels above freezing so i was like this is not gonna work so we brought all the police dogs in then of course the back wall the inside water froze on all the cleaning stations and so we still have water in the building but man it's been it sucks so we're having to like hand clean everything and like hand mop instead of spray it down the drain it's just it's yeah yeah it's a pain in the ass. plus i've got 14 handlers here so that's been uh yeah well, now your landlord knows where he needs to fill in some more insulation. <laughs> yeah. Trial by fire. Yeah. If you're listening, Stuart, I can show you. Uh, <laughs> other than that, um, we're just, uh, it's supposed to warm up tomorrow. It's supposed to be 40. It's going to be great. And I'm not going to freeze anymore. So by the time this comes out, I guess that it will already be like nice and not cold. So, uh, and I'll have not handlers here. So uh, other than that, uh, what have you been up to? Just uh, working on the, some a little bit of expansion in the pet business. Um, still going down to the fun house. Right now um, is SWAT season at the fun house. So um, once it gets yeah. really cold, the, the teams, we get um, federal teams, state, local, private, uh, all kinds of um, guy that is my partner on that side of the business. He runs a lot of that tactical, like a lot. So like two or three days a week and every weekend there's guys there, you know, with, uh, hut hutting around and doing their thing. And, um, we got, um, then my, my pet trainers go there every day, still doing stuff. And, um, the, the only other tenant in that big, huge side of the building just moved out. So they give me access to the whole, like 200,000 square feet. Um, as long as nobody's in there, I can just keep using it. They like it because then nobody, no homeless people are trying to get in. Nobody's sneaking around in there. Exactly. You know, we do that type of stuff. But, uh, so right now we'll see, we're going to play around in the whole building, have some fun with it. I said to one, the SWAT guy the other day, I said, you could do an active shooter scenario in this building and never find the guy. And the guy could just escape out. Oh, it's yeah. so big, dude. It's crazy. I saw um, CJ. CJ has a driving range set up. In yeah, we have a we have a golf simulator, like a really nice golf sim. I don't even golf, and CJ and <laughs> Damon are in there uh, drinking beer, having friends over, and they're it's crazy. They're they're enjoying it though, they're having a good time, uh, playing music on the speaker system, and because I got a lot of speakers in there, it's, it's fun. But yeah, man, just kind of doing that, getting ready for the seminar circuit coming up. I took. Took December and January off, basically, and I have a little bit in February. I go to Florida for a few days, and then it's every week, I think, until summer. So I'll be traveling nonstop. Uh, I didn't want to do that, but I also have trouble saying no. So um, right, got a lot like, of guys. Just like you not selling police dogs anymore, right? Right. I haven't listened so far. I haven't. Uh-huh. I've been up. But if I get a social one that can stay in the building and my kennel techs can handle it, I might still get involved in that. But uh, that's what Rich does out in Northern California. Rich from Police Canine Radio, his, he has police dogs. He does one or two at a time, and they stay at the facility. And they're raised then by his pet trainers and, and kennel techs. So as long as they're not psycho, you know, they work out real well for him. And he doesn't want to sell those dogs anyway. So, but um, what's going on? Who do you got tonight? So tonight, uh, I'm going to let him do his own intro. But um, the story, uh, I think a lot of people heard. I saw a lot of it on like my timelines, both on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, and I don't have TikTok. I refuse to do that. Uh, but I saw the story about it, and um, it was. I, I actually was there 
in in South Carolina. I was in Charleston a week out, well, like a week or right after this incident happened. Um, but tonight uh, we have Richard Hunton on uh, from South Carolina, from SLED, from South Carolina Law Enforcement Division. Richard, how are you? Doing well. How are you? Doing great, man. So um, I'm glad that like you were able to like you know get it cleared to come on, and um, we've been kind of like talking about doing this episode when it happened. Um, and your story or your situation, um, we've had other handlers on that have had similar and each one of these things, um, is a unique event clearly. Um, so, but before we do that whole thing, let's get into your background and stuff and we can talk about what sled is and all that kind of stuff. So let's start from the beginning. How'd you get into law enforcement and then we can go and how you were like, you know what? This job's not hard enough. So I want an asshole with me all the time. So I want to say thank y'all for having me on. This is a uh, very honored to be here. Don't, don't know that I feel like I uh, deserve to be here, but I appreciate you having me. I grew up in a law enforcement family. My dad's in law enforcement still. Uh, he works for SLED still. Um, and as I was going through college, I went to a military uh, college down in Charleston, South Carolina, and uh, interned with our tracking team. We call it the tracking team at SLED. Uh, it's, it's a mixture of uh, bloodhounds and mal shepherds. Uh, we do all human odor work. Um, so tracking, building search, all that good stuff, article search uh, on our unit. Um, but in turn with them every every summer, realized that I, I really don't want to do anything else besides work dogs in law enforcement. Um, I was willing to get into law enforcement. I was in the process of getting hired at a, a local department around the Columbia area and uh, walked out of an interview there and had a bunch of texts on my phone saying, hey, there's a position open that, that just came open on our tracking team. And I uh, was very blessed to uh, put in for that. Um, got hired in January of 2016 and uh, went to the academy and I've been uh, full-time at SLED on our tracking team since then. That sounds pretty good, man, going from getting right into the into the meat of it. Now, growing up with your your old man being in um, law enforcement, did, did you, were you familiar with dogs before that? Uh, we always had pet dogs, uh, but really getting into the working dog side and seeing that uh, there's, there's a huge purpose they can fill, uh, fulfill and SLED has always uh, bred and raised our own uh, bloodhounds. Uh, we breed and raise and train them in-house. So getting to see the product go from this little little puppy or a litter of puppies and getting, you know, selecting for their their drive and their their traits and then training them and then seeing them go catch catch uh, criminals or bring uh, missing people home to their family is, uh, is huge. You said January 2016. Ted, a couple of days ago was the eight year anniversary when Jethro died after he got shot and killed, which is kind of what brought Ted and I together and what ultimately brought this, this whole thing together. Um, so bl- bloodhounds in the beginning, huh? You were, uh, yes, sir. Sled's, uh, bite dog program has not been around, uh, too long. We've always, since about the 1950s, Sled has had a bloodhound program, tracking program, but the apprehension dog side of it has only been around since 2014, 2015. Oh, wow. It's it's crazy that I I didn't realize that sled. Well, first of all, I thought you guys were troopers and we'll get into that in a second, but you're not, not there's anything wrong with, not there's anything wrong with troopers. Everybody loves troopers, but, um, (laughs) Eric's except for Ohio. Um, Eric's shaking his head. If you're listening to this, um, and not watching it, but, uh, there's been several other departments in the country that have tried to do like a breeding program. Uh, the most notable one that comes to mind is LAPD. And I think when we had Gooseby on, he talked about that a little bit about how he was like, it turns out we're not 
dog raisers. <laughs> He's like, I'm a dog trainer and a dog handler. So it's an interesting program and it's been successful, I guess, because you guys, I mean, like South Carolina, the, the South ish area, like South Carolina, North Carolina, you know, some ports of West Virginia, Georgia, the Alabama, Mississippi, like you guys have like these tracking team things, which there's not a deal like on the West Coast or up in the North, like at all. Um, so talk a little bit about that program, if you're familiar enough with it, to talk about like the raising the puppy program and like how they do it and like how long that takes. Uh, Absolutely. And then, and then we can talk about, because was your dog, uh, was Rico, was he raised in a program like that or did he come from a vendor? No, sir. So <clears throat> we only do the the breeding, raising and training in-house for the bloodhound side. We can get into the canine side here in a minute. But the the bloodhounds, uh, we start them at eight weeks as a, as a litter. Um, just doing site runs with with one of us running them in a field, you know, run out of sight, um, or you know, try to get accelerate out of sight and start doing some site runs, and um, gradually increase the uh, the length and distance of those, and the the time where they start to see the decoy disappear, and then the they have to go and use their nose to find him um, is a, a general. That's a that's a very collapse timeline of how quick. that works yeah very, very fast yes very, that takes oh yeah. that takes uh months and months and months for that to turn into a, a good tracking dog and and we use other uh we've been working hydration tracking with with uh all of our dogs here recently to work a lot of hard surface stuff um, because more and more often it used to be back in the 50s 60s 70s 80s 90s where cell phones weren't a thing and where areas were a lot more rural in south carolina i just saw a news article South Carolina is the uh, was the fastest growing state in the nation. Yeah, uh, I saw last that. Year. I saw that also. Yeah. You guys, um, like the real estate has gotten w- weird again. So yeah, I lived there for yeah. a couple of years in nineteen eighty nine to nineteen ninety one. Is uh, that when you were working even at, around? Is that when you were working at <laughs> oh, the strip man. club? I, yeah, I worked at the Crazy Horse. Uh, That's as right. A DJ. You worked at the strip club Horse in Myrtle That's Beach. Right. Oh, it was uh, interesting. I was and talking, had, telling the monkey story today, and, to, and you had a pet monkey. I did. People are like, <laughs> the monkey "How story. was that?" And I was like, "It was horrible." What, what do you think? It was horrible. It was a, it was a two-year-old kid with four hands that could bite. So it was. Anyways, sign me. Up. Turns out that women love monkeys, especially strippers. Anyways, I digress. <laughs> It went off so, on a rabbit trail. Yeah. So, <laughs> now we're back. We're back. Now we're back. So, and so what is SLED? It's not part of the like state police. Like, well, it's state police, but it's not the like troopers. So it's, right. it's so a little different. If you're, there's three big uh, law enforcement, state law enforcement agencies in South Carolina. Well, there's four. One's Triple P, probation, pardon, parole. Um, uh, it's in the name, what they do. Um, DNR is Department of Natural Resources. That's your game wardens. Uh, then you have Department of Public Safety, which is going to be Highway Patrol, uh, State Transport Police. Uh, other states have like motor carrier compliance or something like that. Um, and then SLED is a uh, state investigative agency, assisting agency. We do anything from investigations, uh, crime scene processing. We have the state crime lab, uh, aviation. We have uh, all uh, helicopter unit um, tracking so the state SWAT team, arson, bomb. Narcotics, alcohol, uh, all of the state CWPs uh, run through our regulatory program. I'm sure I'm missing something and somebody will quickly remind me as soon as they listen to this. Say, hey, what about this huge thing that you forgot? Um, You're like, I'm a dog but, guy. <laughs> like, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. <laughs> I love I love doing dog stuff. And that's that's primarily why, where I try to uh, stay in my lane. But 
Does sled have That's dogs sweet. in most divisions then, like bomb and arson and everything? So, yep. So all our uh, all our dogs are single purpose, and we've got close to thirty uh, dogs total at sled. Um, but like uh, narcotics chain of command has is over the narcotics dogs. They do narcotic sweeps. Um, probably don't want to get into exactly all that they do. Um, bomb has explosive detection. Arson has uh, accelerant detection, and we have um, under our unit we have human human odor dogs. So whether that's bloodhounds for strictly friendly tracking or uh, bite or apprehension dogs for tracking criminal tracks, um, building search, apprehension, all that good stuff. A lot of the bloodhounds that Ted and I have talked about this every once in a while. A lot of the bloodhounds I've been around are jerks, man. Like I got really? bit by, I've been bitten <laughs> oh, by yeah. several of them. Yeah. I, I, I yes, I have as well. <laughs> we, uh, so, we, like, I, yeah, yeah we well, generally well. try to, to make their, their reward is a lot of praise. Sometimes it's food depending on mm-hmm. the dog. It's, they're kind of fun to, uh, problem solve with, uh, training, training issues because they aren't, uh, they don't have a big toy drive. So you can't just all of a sudden, ta-da, here's a reward for doing the right thing. It has to be either a person at the end of a track or if you can work in, uh, if they're food-driven, you got to work, you can work that into some 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 tracking applications. How's their stamina in the heat, I mean? So we, we do a crossbreed. Um, we don't do purebred bloodhounds. We crossbreed between bloodhounds, red bones, and blue tick uh, dogs. Mm. And you get a, you get a lot sleeker, body and a lot less big floppy like jowls and stuff they still have the big floppy ears and a little bit floppy um floppy lips but their stamina is really good um we we ran a track in uh down in charleston area charleston berkeley june or july of this year and it was two miles through a bunch of very very thick thick stuff the dog had to stop take a break get some water three different times but she jumped right back on it as soon as she kind of caught her breath and, and got a minute they were burning out they were burning out pointier dogs pretty quick uh, in the heat and the humidity. But if you give them, if they need it, uh, she's the dog I was running. She was uh, very high strung, so she burns herself out a little quicker. But if you got one that can hold a good pace, they'll go. They'll go for a long time in the heat. Now, is the dog uh, on the on the tracking teams assigned to you, or is it like a unit dog? Like different people will handle her. So it used to be it used to be a unit dog. Um, where we would go to a central kennel and get it. Uh, we've gotten to where each handler's learning. We've got some newer handlers on the unit now, and it's, we found it's way easier for them to just learn one dog and be assigned that dog and run that dog on calls, learn the behaviors, learn the, the changes and the temperament and you know where it's at mentally and, and reading the dog, reading one dog versus trying to read different dogs. Uh, we're, we're starting to ease that way and um, seeing pretty good success with it. Is South Carolina... Is you guys have a state stand? You guys have a state certification, right, for apprehension dogs, or is it? I'm trying. We to do. We certify through Napwata okay. at Sled for uh, apprehension stuff. Okay, That's but we do have a state uh, canine association. Certif- yeah, association. I thought for some reason South Carolina was one of the states that had a mandatory state cert. Like Oklahoma and Ohio both have mandatory states, and then a lot of our handlers are also do national uh, at the same time. Or not the same, like six months, a little later, six months down the road. But yeah, a lot of nap water down there. Um, I've, I have a couple dogs down in yep. South Carolina, and it's it's nap water. So talk about the bite program. Like uh, that's different. You guys aren't raising those dogs. Where are you? How does that work? Procurement and everything. So we had um, we didn't know what we were doing. 
I say we, I wasn't there at the time. Uh, and I don't mean that in a negative sense to those guys. They, they knew there was an application. We go and assist our fugitive unit, which runs a lot of violent felon, felony warrants, uh, the marshals, other counties, uh, with, with fugitive stuff with, uh, we call it bush bonds down here, basically people fleeing on foot, but a lot of fugitive stuff where people sometimes hide in buildings and that creates a danger where we, where police dogs, apprehension dogs have a huge, huge ability to make things safer for us. So our first dog, um, came from a vendor, beautiful dog would hit a suit, cut me for a flip when I was interning and, uh, just throwing the suit on, didn't know what I was doing. Still, you know, don't know what I'm doing. I try to try to learn things, but I'm an idiot, but, uh, <laughs> cut me for a flip. He's a big old mouth and, um, just had a lot of problems engaging, had multiple failures on, uh, on live bites. Um, so that dog went, he had a, had a great, great nose, um, could track like a machine. Uh, so we put that dog in narcotics, uh, made him a single purpose narcotics dog. And then we got the opportunity to get some dogs from a different vendor that one was for free and was like, Hey, you could really maybe turn this one into something. And that one, uh, sent the handler to the hospital a couple of times. And that one went out to see Mike Ritland's place, uh, in Texas and, I had the chance to get a free dog from another agency. Um, same story. Uh, had him for about a year and a couple months, and I knew I knew that's what I wanted to do. I, I, I love it. Um, the bloodhounds, bloodhounds are kind of my first love. I ran them for uh, three or four years before I got that first one. It was a hand me down from another agency. That was kind of a a problem for where he was at, and I knew that was was what I wanted to do. And uh, whether it was dumb or hard-headed or both, I uh, stuck with it and got some scars from it. And uh, finally, finally made the tear-jerking decision to take him out to the Warrior Dog Foundation. They were uh, very grateful to them for uh, helping us out there. But he he had not just failures, but failure to even go into a building on on a live building search. He would go in on training. He'd go in and training and 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 nail a nail a decoy, but he would get to a um, threshold of a door on a live search and just locked down would not would not do it so yeah yeah real quick my third dog um was free so guys we always <laughs> be suspicious commonality yes it was a free dog um and they made my second dog willie was a uh just a, an absolute apex predator 127 bites in his career um they made me retire him a couple years early because they had this fucking free dog and it was a black shepherd. So I get him and, um, he was all defense and I mean, he scared people. He looked, he was giant of all black shepherd. So real, real, um, out at the end of the leash barking, you know, a lot of that yep. stuff. Yep. Sounds familiar. Yeah. And he, we were, um, like in my agency, we're getting, you know, a bite a week. And so it was super busy, but that's a lot of burglaries. That's a lot of this 20 some dog calls a shift per guy. And, um, we, he was, he wasn't that great. And then we went to a building to an alarm. I think it was a church broken in woo, woo, the, the loud alarm going off, dude. After that, I couldn't get that dog to go into a building again. Um, dragged him in there and he would yep. not work. He would just, he just sit there and pant. And, uh, luckily, 
from start to finish though i had him for a year like from the start through training which our training back then was like 14 weeks through training on the road he got a couple bites they were kind of defensive you know bullshit bites but uh yeah i get it sounds like my dog went to you and you had that dog <laughs> it sounds like uh, he did not he was a he was a malex that was that was brown oh. and black but um so you and Neil down at uh, Warrior Dog Foundation, uh, Mike's guy, Neil, probably good buddy. <laughs> I've got his number. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> got his number. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's, uh, he's a great dude. I got to meet uh, Mike while I was down there. He's an awesome guy. Very, very down to earth. Uh, but definitely appreciate him having that program and helping us Every, out. Everybody loves Ritten, Ritlin. Well, everybody <laughs> K9 does. So, uh, yeah, Ritlin's great. We've had him on the podcast. He's awesome. Uh, a couple of times, I think. Yeah. And I've sent some dogs down to Warrior Dog that were same thing <laughs> that so uh, there, there wasn't a lot of options uh for this no. for either either of those two free dogs that we got and i bought some dogs from neil recently i bought three from him really? recently and that were um i don't know what they were doing well one of them i do know uh what was he was doing beforehand but they turned out to be bangers one of them went to ukraine um is fucking fighting bombs and biting russians and one of them's in a small well semi-small department here in oklahoma and the other one actually they both are but yeah i mean i got some bangers from nice. Neil. so um nice. uh, we're gonna take our first break for a second when we come back we're gonna okay. talk about going from bloodhounds to uh going from floppy to pointy ears and uh okay. how the program progressed and then how we got rico so uh don't fast forward through the commercials we'll be back in just a second Hey guys, Alicia with Working Dog Radio here again. I wanted to take a moment to talk about one of our newest sponsors, someone that we are super, super happy with um, and glad to have aboard, somebody that we have known since they literally got into the game. Aiden and Jesse from Rex Specs literally made a product so that they could enjoy life with their dog. Uh, their dog suffered from panis, and they wanted to take their dog skiing. And they went out and they made goggles that fit their dog. And now they make products for your dog, my dog, and everybody's dog. And we've watched them grow, and we are so proud of them and proud to know them. Uh, all their products are American-made. They are supporting us who support them. Uh, these goggles are UV protectant. They protect your dog's eyes from dust, from particles, from anything that could get in the way if you take your dog to the range. One of the products that Ted and I use most often is their Ear Pro. They have Canine Ear Pro. It pulls over your dog's head and it protects their ears. So if you go to the range, you're doing gunfire acclimation, whatever you're doing, those things work great. They have leashes. They have all kinds of cool stuff. You really need to check them out. And we are very glad to have them aboard and very proud of their products. We do have some. We will give some away. Keep watching for us. If you check them out on the socials, it's at Rex Specs, S-P-E-C-S, the letter K, the number nine, and also RexSpecs.com. If you use the discount code WORKINGDOGRADIO, all one word and all lowercase, you'll get 20% off your first order. All right, we're back. Working Dog Radio, broadcasting the back with Richard Hunton from SLED, South Carolina Law Enforcement Division, uh, canine handler. So we were just kind of going through your background a little bit and like you started, I guess your dad's still in sled and you started out as on the tracking team um, and you handled bloodhound. Um, and then you guys moved over to the pointy ears and realized that there was a need for that. So give us a little background on. Um, so you sent uh, your other dog down to uh, Texas 
to uh, chase butterflies and live at the ranch. Yep. And yep. Uh, which I've been down there multiple times. Great. Uh, it's beautiful yep. down there. I love it. Every time it I is. drive to drive to Houston, to, I pass literally right by it. Every time I drive to Houston to pick up dogs. So give us a little bit of background on how you got Rico and some of the changes you guys made uh, selecting him versus selecting uh, the previous dogs. After I gave uh, my first dog up, uh, I ran a bloodhound for another two years. Uh, we already had uh, another uh, handler in the pipeline with Greenville County. Uh, Greenville's a county up towards the North Carolina border with South South Carolina, and they have a patrol patrol dog program, and they train their dogs in house. Uh, they select green dogs and train them in house. Uh, and they were gracious enough to get one of our other handlers in the uh, class, and the trainer being uh, Doug Wanamaker, who y'all have had on the show. Oh yeah. And so he went through that class, came back, and we're very pleased with the product. Uh, a lot of the tactics are built in with the way Doug trains. And it, it, you're not trying to take a nothing wrong with it if, if you get a good outcome, but you're not trying to take a sport dog and then turn him in a, in a different direction and bit, put tactics into what that dog's already been imprinted on. Um, so we got our next two, next three dogs from, uh, from Doug. He got out and got in the private sector, uh, and that's where we got our, our second two um, for a total of three uh, before Rico, Rico uh, passed. But we had, we had three that came from, from Doug, they were green dogs selected for drives and environmentals and all that stuff, and then put through his his program. And uh, we've been very pleased with with the result. Yeah, Doug's awesome, and uh, I don't know if he's going to hear us or not. But he was that was a great interview. Aside from the fact that he talks super fast all the time, he's a very fast talker. <laughs> Sometimes you got You got to ask him. Yeah, can you can you repeat that, please? I know. So I don't I've mess had, it up. I've had multiple people yeah. text me about his episode, and they're like, "I thought I had it on like the thing where you can listen to it faster than." But yeah, so <laughs> uh, yeah, he's a fast talker, and on top of that, it's not filler. So he's like, he's got yep. a lot to say, yep. and it's relevant. So yeah, when we had him on, I was like, "Oh shit, I know what you're talking about." Slow down, bro. And he's a damn good trainer. So um, I'm that makes sense that. Um, you guys had a lot of success with him. That does not surprise me at all. Yes, sir. So very, very grateful to Greenville County. And then uh, Astro Kennels is where Doug was working in the private sector up until recently. And Doug Doug uh, worked for both of them. I'm grateful to grateful everybody in that, in that process that, that got us on the right track. And um, we've had a lot of, a lot of good success with, with those three dogs. Yeah, I've heard good things with Greenville County. Um, the, their name comes up quite a bit. Um, so where did Rico, when did Rico come in the picture? So Rico, uh, got Rico August 1st of 2022. I say I got him. I showed up to class the first day of class, August 1st. And, uh, they said, here you go, go put him in the car. And I was like, oh boy, and, uh, he was, he was a big, he was a big dog. He had a big head. And, uh, I still had some, some, uh, some scars up here for, as, as well as scars on my arms, uh, from the previous dog. And I was like, well, here we go. So, I mean, I, I love it, but it's, there's still some, there's still some hesitancy when you got this 85 pound Malinois that's, that's just like, Hey, how you doing? And, uh, but he was great. He already, um, for my class or my, when I went through class with Doug, he already had some, they had already put some training, some obedience on him. So he already had healing. They had already started imprinting tracking and, uh, and bite work and stuff. So I jumped in class was about 10 weeks and, uh, certified in October of 2022. And um, got out and just hit the road, certified through Napwata. We run our our tracking team. We run. I try to try to put people on on call together with a apprehension dog and a bloodhound. So two of us always go 
to every call, whether it's fugitive or a, a bush bond or, or whatever the call is, there will be a, or we try to make sure that there's a, a bloodhound and a, a pointy-eared dog, call them pointy-eared dogs and floppy-eared dogs on each call. So we have a lot of a lot of options wherever we go in the state or wherever, wherever we're at, we'll have at least both options. I'm looking at a picture of him. I pulled up a picture of Rico. He was a sizable dude. He's, <laughs> he's a big boy. I don't know yeah. if there's there's a bunch out there. If it's if it's me standing beside him or he, him standing beside me, I'm about 5'9". Uh, I'll have to find he that was, one. So was the dog. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, was, he would stand up. He he loved to give you hugs. He would wrap his wrap his arms around you, not in a in a mean way. He just would just love to give you hugs and get get his ears rubbed. But he'd look you in the eye. It was one of those where you just oh hey how you doing? But he was a uh, very a very uh, sweet tempered dog. But he would get a little excitable um, doing they all do you doing uh, doing bite work and gunfire and stuff. They get a little little more amped. Um, as a, as a younger dog and, uh, had to get over some, some mental hurdles, but, but we did. And we're, I feel like we, we hit uh, hit the ground running and, and kept, kept problem solving stuff as we, as we grew together. So with sled, you could be all over the state or were you in a certain area kind of? Yes, sir. Some units at sled are regionalized. Ours is not, we go, we're, our office is in Columbia, which is towards the center of the state. We go, we go wherever. Uh, we, we could be in in Beaufort one day, and we could be up up towards Myrtle Beach the other, or we could be over towards the Georgia North Carolina border. Uh, just depends on where where we get requested. Sleds. I forgot to say one thing. Sled is in statute and assisting agency. So uh, our chief is big on on assisting maybe smaller agencies that don't have the manpower or resources that uh that larger agencies do and he's he's big on making sure every everybody in south carolina has equal access to the same quality of law enforcement and that's not a that's not a dig on smaller departments they just may not have well, the resources yeah. or the or the time or the manpower or stuff and we we provide that that you know all you gotta do is pick up the phone and we, we send whatever's requested probably get some sheriffs get their panties in the water no okay let's move on it, it, it depends <laughs> it depends we try to we try to play nice with everybody. There's some counties that are lar- have larger and they have a lot of resources and they can do a lot themselves. And we usually don't don't help them, you know, regardless of whether there's any kind of politics involved or not. We usually they just have a lot of resources at their their disposal and they can handle problems. Um, in some counties we're in all the time, they have smaller departments and less resources. While we were talking, real quick, Ted, I texted, I took a picture of us and sent it to Wanamaker. And uh, <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, he, he has some nice things to say. He said, uh, "He said Sled has some outstanding handlers." And then he said, "You're you're a great guy." He goes, "I love training Rico. I have some life tattoos, which are scars." From him. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, all the good He's, ones. Uh, That's why I have all these tattoos. He, it covers them up. Yeah. He. Uh, I don't know if y'all want to talk about Rico now or not, but in training, mm-hmm. Doug did a uh, um, some the the correct word escapes me. He wrapped himself up in a tarp and had you know very little human form oh, yeah. and did a, a placement bite and then some, you know, at a distance on a line, getting, getting the dog to range out and be confident uh, following the odor and getting rewarded. But Rico grabbed onto Doug's knee and Doug has a bad knee. And oh. uh, Doug about, about stood up and hit the ceiling. And he was like, <laughs> it was, it was, uh, it was an interesting time. I got him off quick. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. And listen, you wrap yourself up, that stuff happens. So, but I like, I like the commitment. And he's willing to do it. Yep. And he don't he's have to. to do Doug has help. He could have done. He could have had somebody else, but uh, that's all. Nope, but he's willing to do it. We started before we started recording. Ted's like, I'm sore. I had a decoy the last two days. Ted has yeah. a bunch of decoys. 
I don't yeah. know. Had to is an actual so, real word here, but I mean, I do the yeah, same thing though. I know, but <laughs> yes, I've been getting hammered. I've got a couple of dogs in this class that are hammers. Um, so with, uh, Rico, you guys certify and get deployed. Um, you certify through Napa to get all that done. Uh, yep. so talk a little bit about, um, some of the first deployments you guys, cause he was single purpose tracking and apprehension. So you had no bomb, no narcotic odor. So yep. like tracking, building search, yep. apprehension, article search, anything with human odor. Uh, okay. We do, um, do a lot of fugitive stuff drive drive as far as we can to the back of a house hey we, we we got information he might be here we try to get to the back with the dog and help with perimeter and then if they get some more information we get pc hey we got we get everything all our ducks in a row to search the house and we we know he's potentially there's he's the only one in there or there's nobody in there but we want to check and make sure we always try to make sure we use a uh, dog dog goes before humans um, and that's, that's, that's huge in our program. All three of our handlers try to try to make sure that we send a dog before we send humans. And that's, um, that's what they're there for. That's they're there to, they're there to locate and, uh, they're a locating tool with a, a less lethal option. And when you're going in a building, an unknown building, unknown, you don't know where this guy's hiding, uh, potentially you have a, a little, uh, four legged fellow that can go in there and tell you where he's at. And that's, that's a huge huge help as far as officer safety when we're when we're dealing with like i said violent violent felonies violent felons and uh people that probably don't want to go to jail one of the things that has come around since i uh got out of law enforcement forever since i retired that i wish was around more when we were there was integration with uh drones robots different camera systems and things like that um, how deep into that stuff were you guys without giving away too much? We on SWAT stuff, we use robots a lot as a, as an option before the dog. Uh, but usually those can only go so far and maybe get stuck due to construction, the construction of a certain dwelling. Mm -hmm. Uh, so then we would go to a, a, a dog as the next option, uh, before we put, put, you know, humans in there, especially if it's just a barricade, uh, if there's, if there's hostages, uh, or, innocent lives at risk that changes changes things a lot but if it's just a barricade we're gonna we're gonna do everything we can to keep us safe um but as far as as going into our working career he we went to the georgia police uh canine seminar um in march of last year yeah 2022 and the thursday after that seminar is three-day seminar uh we got our first apprehension no hesitation or anything. Uh, great, great commitment. Great everything. It was a SWAT call. Um, I don't know how much I can say about it. I, don't, I didn't really ask our department how much I can say about this stuff, but we got our first one. It was solid uh, and had several leading up to uh, September of last year. Was I at that Georgia one? Did I teach? No, sir. No, sir. Uh, it was uh, Rigney was there. Ricky Rivera. Um, Nesbeth. Uh, Courtney, um, who else? Yeah, was that there? was. I had done all of them uh, from the. Oh, Howard, not was quite. There. Yeah. yeah, not quite from the beginning, but I did all of them for a while, and then I told uh, Kyle, I said, "Hey, let's." I love coming down here and seeing you guys, but uh, you know they're probably sick of hearing me. So bring in some other guys. And <laughs> I think that was the first year they did that. Uh, twenty two and twenty three. 
I stayed out and I'll get, I'll, I'll, I'll be back down there. But I was like, yeah, they need to learn from someone else. You know what I mean? Because the first year I did it, I was just me. I was the only instructor. Really? Yeah. Wow. And then it, and then that thing has grown and grown that, that Georgia yep. police canine found they, those guys do amazing work, man. They're really good. Um, yep. It was a great seminar. Great, great scenarios, great exposures for the dogs. There's, you know, they may identify a weakness or something in the dog, but the trainers would, would build it right back. And, and, uh, it was, mm-hmm. it was a great seminar. Very, very grateful for the, the invite they reached out and, uh, Greenville County there. Did they go? No, sir. I don't, I, th- I don't think they were there that I think year. They were there the year, the last year I was there, I think. Um, I think so. But anyways, sorry. Um, we're going to go ahead and we're going to go ahead and take our, uh, second commercial break when we get back it's kind of um, a different format than we usually do but when we get back we're going to uh talk about the incident or the day in question the really yeah. story that we're here to talk about so we can give uh richard some time to to go through the the entire thing so stick around and we'll be right back hey guys thanks so much for listening to us for the past six years it would not be possible without our sponsors and one of our longest time sponsors mm-hmm. in fact our longest time sponsor is tactical police canine aaron and jason perguson they are amazing they've been amazing to us and they are amazing to this industry they have a new online series that is for law enforcement only and law enforcement guys you know how important it is to keep up on your practices and your education this one is for you it's a canine criminal interdiction series and it is literally for you guys to expand your knowledge on canine usage during traffic stops and interdiction work. It's going to cover things like roadside interview techniques, identifying traps and hidden compartments, related case law and record keeping strategies, you name it, it is in this course and you need to have it. If you go to their website, tacticalpolicecaninetraining.com and you use their discount code NARC, all caps, you will get 20% off any of their online courses. Check them out. Dogtra. We use so many Dogtra products that it's hard to even tell you where we begin. All of our canine get a Dogtra e-collar. We use the 1900 black and all of our pets get a 200C. All of our Uh, canines use bark collars. We have their ball training systems. We've even bought a quail launcher from them. We use bungee collars. You name it. If it goes on your dog's neck, we get it at Dogtra. Dogtra has been great to us through the years. We love their sponsorship. We love their products. I order them every single week. If you go to dogtra.com, you can use the discount code WDR10. You'll get 10% off a single item over $200. You can also check out Dogtra Official for their uh, socials and follow them there and see what other products that they're coming out with because they innovate every day. Dogtra.com. Rexpex Canine. I'm so excited that these guys came aboard. I stocked them for years. Yes, I did. And unapologetically so. They make amazing products. I love nothing more than seeing a tiny little chihuahua wearing the googly eye Rexpex. But they don't just make fun products. They make serious products that actually help dogs. These 
Rec spec goggles are have a UV rating of 400. They keep the UV rays off of your dog's eyes. They also protect your dog from getting debris, dust, dirt, sticks, seeds, rocks, anything in their eyes. And then something that Ted and I use at the kennel every single week without fail is Rec Specs Ear Pro. You slide it over the dog's head. It's easy to use. And most importantly, it actually protects your dog's hearing. You guys can check them out uh, if you have a search and rescue dog, a pet dog, an active dog, a service dog, a hunting dog. Go to Rexpex.com, check out all their products. Rexpex Canine on the socials. If you use Working Dog Radio, all lowercase on their website as a discount code, you will get 20% off. American Aluminum has been in business since 19. 92. They have been making so many things for law enforcement. It is not even funny. They make great things for the canine industry, such as canine inserts that actually saves dogs' lives in wrecks and much, much more. I don't know if you guys listened to the episode on Canine Corporal, but please do so. It is an amazing episode that really talks about the value of what their products do. American Aluminum makes things that you might not even know that they make, like inmate transport systems, canine training aids, canine inserts, contraband containment, animal control systems, and the list goes on. American Aluminum makes great products here in America, and it is a fantastic company to get to know. You can call them at 800 277-0869. You can get a quote if you go to uh, quotes at aaa-mail.com and ask them for a quote. They will be glad to oblige. Please tell them that we sent you. Arnaud at ALM Canine Equipment has been one of our longest time friends. 13 years ago, Arnaud made a suit for Ted. We call it his Whoopi, and he still has this Ted, his this suit, and it is still the only suit that he wears. We have had this thing re-sleeved about six times. It's ridiculous. It smells like a dead body, and he wears it all the time, much to my chagrin. But it is just a testament to how amazing of a product that Arnaud makes. He comes up with his own color combinations. You can get something custom. He hand sews it. Reach out to him at almcanineequipment.com. Check him out on Instagram at almcanineequipment. If you guys need a canine containment system, um, otherwise known as a kennel. If you need one or you need many, you need to reach out to Horizon Structures. Horizon makes anything that you can think of from mild to wild. You can customize their kennels from the ground up. And the best part is when they are done, they will drive it to your location. They will set it on your pad and you plug this thing in and it is ready to add dogs to immediately. Anything that you can think of in a kennel, Horizon Structures can make it happen. We've seen them. They are beautiful. If you go to Horizon Structures and check them out on the, the uh, socials, if you can call them 888-447-4337 or check them out online, horizonstructures.com. They always have something cool going on. Thank you guys so much. Stay tuned. 
We have so many amazing things happening. All right, everybody, we are back. Working Dog Radio broadcasting the bite. Hopefully, you didn't skip through the commercials. Uh, we got some good, great sponsors, some new ones. Rex Beck's a new sponsor in there. Be sure to check out the show notes for discount codes. Remember, the Ray Allen discount code is different than it has been for the last couple of years because you guys wore it out. So they switched it up and started over and still, still great. Our relationship with Ray Allen is amazing. So anyways, uh, Ted and I are here with uh, Richard Hunton from SLED down there in South Carolina. We uh, talked about his career up to a point with it. And then we have his dog Rico. Um, big headed, big headed dog. They, uh, they're working together. They're kind of rocking and rolling, doing uh, SWAT stuff, having a good time. Kind of a lot of uh, young handlers dream gig. Um, they should have probably applied for it if they wanted it that bad, but uh, you never know. So anyways, uh, let's talk about uh, the incident that we're here to talk about. Again, lots and lots of our listeners. That that was one of those that made a lot of headway or a lot of airway. Like it was out there. We, we heard a lot about it. Um, unlike we had a we had a handler on from North Carolina whose dog was killed. Uh, was shot, not killed, but him and the dog were shot. And uh, hardly oh, anyone wow. ever hardly any of anyone heard of it um so yeah just wasn't the area he's in there just wasn't isn't all that uh properly so they just didn't cover it very much at all but anyways let's talk about the day and the incident all the way through i know there was unfortunately there was a deputy killed which led to this whole entire thing nope oh he He got shot shot. he got shot in the head he lived he lives oh fuck yeah dude uh, yeah yeah, yeah. Let's let's not start off. Yeah, right. That's note. a great no, story. He, he made it. Yeah, he made it. Um, All right, let's go for it. So, so the oh goodness, this is terrible. I can't remember the day. I remember it was twenty eighth was when Rico got killed. So the night of the twenty seventh, I got a text from my buddy who works uh, Charleston County K nine, and he was telling me, "Hey, there's there's been a deputy shot. There's been a civilian shot. There's a bunch of teams responding down there. There's a bunch of uh, local." Uh, agencies down there, whether it's county or city, you got Charleston, North Charleston, Goose Creek, uh, Somerville, you got Dorchester County, Charleston County, Berkeley County. There's a bunch of, bunch of, a lot of populace down there and therefore a lot of revenue and therefore larger departments. So more resources. So we did not go right off the bat. We uh, got requested to kind of hang back. And then early, early the morning of the 28th, we got requested to go down and replace all the, the teams that had been out that night prior um we got told that hey this guy shot obviously a citizen that spurred the police response which then he shot a deputy and he's still out on the loose somewhere in this area it was the roads weren't set up to where we could get a good solid 360 degree perimeter there were a bunch of like dead end roads where you could go down but then you couldn't get on the back side of it Uh, so there's a lot of a lot of different issues but he was still outstanding no, no last known really that we could put down for a track. Um, when we showed up, we spent a lot of that day being available as a canine guy. I had one of our swap dudes riding with me. We had another one of our uh, apprehension dogs down there and, uh, another one of our bloodhounds. And we just, we paired up with a SWAT dude with each one of us and, you know, run as, run as our cover guy. If, if we get something and, uh, rode around, Waited for waited for sightings. Uh, we held we held the perimeter as best the roads would allow. Our uh, some of our regular agents and then a lot of our SWAT guys were down there. 
Um, they started checking known addresses, maybe like family or acquaintances or stuff like that. Just just starting to run down leads because we don't we don't know where he's at. We're not getting a sighting. Uh, we're not getting hey. I, I got this dude running through my backyard with a rifle. Um, he's still, as far as we knew, he's still armed with a 30-30 rifle. We had uh, multiple different calls, calls from all over the Charleston area, getting, you know, if you as soon as something big like that happens, they put it out to the media and the media puts it out and you start getting a lot of sightings. And you got to run them all down because this dude's a dangerous dude, but sometimes people see things that aren't exactly what uh what we're looking for and they but they call it in as as uh as possibly our suspect so we really we got to run it down so we spent a lot of that day running running down leads we uh, got to one house where he had an acquaintance a known acquaintance and we didn't never had any confirmation whether he was inside or not uh the dude did not he showed up but he did not come from inside the house so but he gave permission um, uh, for a consent search of the house. He was like, yeah, you can check and see if, you know, he's in there. A lot of things kind of came together on that house being the house where Rico got killed that had not been put into play earlier in the day. Uh, maybe they had, but not all of them together at once. Um, I searched a camper with Rico earlier that, that had been unsecured and people were worried about. They said, hey, yeah, please, please search it. There shouldn't be anybody in there used Rico for that. Um, some of the other places, the the guys went to check uh, known addresses, pot, pot potential known addresses. They didn't have a dog with them. They just walked through and were, were able to be like, okay, yeah, he's not here. Or they cleared just without a dog uh, or a robot or armor or, you know, whatever, what have you. Uh, but, it, but it, everything came together for that house. And um, we were sitting in our Bearcat waiting kind of to, to see if this homeowner would show up and he finally showed up and our investigator started talking to him, interviewing him <clears throat> Man got the, got the consent for the search. And, um, Rico loved pets. He loved getting, getting belly rubs, getting ear rubs and, um, was very, he was a friendly dog. There were dudes from other local teams that were starting to come back up to replace us. Cause we had been out for 12, 10, 12 hours at that point, they had gotten some rest. They're coming back out to you know switch back out with us. And Rico had no problem with those dudes while he was sitting, laying in the back of the Bearcat, pointing his head out the back. And those dudes were able to walk up and just, Hey, how you doing? I, they said, can I pet the dog? And I said, sure. He's, you know, he's, he's pretty chill and uh, was able to hang out with the guys. He was hanging out with our SWAT guys in the back of the Bearcat while we waited, got some pets. And finally, uh, finally decided we we're going to go pull the Bearcat around to the back door because the front door had had something wrong. I never heard the exact reason uh, why we went to the back, but um, there was a better better entry point on the back, better better spot to put the Bearcat, better is closer, uh, better angles, all that good stuff. Uh, they did put a robot in the house again. We don't we don't know if he's in there. Or not. Why we did all this? And uh, we we had all the stuff there, so why not? I think that was kind of the the uh, reasoning why we why we kind of did all this and it just came together everybody was everybody was starting to collapse back down to that that staging area and we all just happened to be there like all right we're almost done let's all go hit this one thing and be done so we all go hit the one thing and we ride to the back of the house and before we do warrant services any planned SWAT 
events, uh, we all say a word of prayer and uh, take our helmets off, have a word. And um, again, I didn't think he was in there. Nobody, I don't think anybody knew for sure he's in there. Um, I prayed in the Bearcat and asked for safety and protection. And um, we get around to the back. And I'm texting our other handler, who was kind of uh, miffed that he was not in the Bearcat because he was there before I showed up. But then he went to check another another call, and then I showed up and got in the Bearcat, and he was kind of miffed. He was like, "I was gonna I was gonna do the building search." And I was like, "You can have it if you want." I don't. He said, "No, I'll take the track when the sighting comes out." And uh, we thought for sure this dude's still out on the ground somewhere. We don't think he's in here. Uh, so the robot goes in. Sorry to give you a little backstory there. Robot goes in, gets, like we talked about, robot gets kind of stuck in uh, due to the construction of the house. It can only go so far. Uh, what it can see is there's, uh, gets into the kitchen. There's a hallway off of the kitchen and uh, another door leading towards the front of the house. And uh, it says, can't see anything, don't hear anything. Um, Give some announcements. Hey, you know, if you're in here, come out. No response. So we move up, um, a team moves up and we train with our SWAT team pretty regularly. We were, we were actually did that today, um, doing some searching, uh, with the dogs in structures with the team moving behind them as cover. Um, but we usually do it on a long line and the dogs are, are very not worried about the other, the SWAT guys based on how they're imprinted and trained. Um, they're worried about what's in front of the SWAT guys. And that's, uh, <laughs> that's what happened with Rico. I move up behind the guys, heal him up behind the guys, put him on a long line and give him his, his go out command. And he goes right in between the legs of one of our guys and into the open door and goes in the kitchen, uh, clears the kitchen. They had to clear like a little laundry room with, on the porch, on the porch there at the end. And he came back out and was like, Oh, okay, I'm, I'm supposed to be in here. Got it. Because he heard the commotion out there. Went back in, went in the kitchen, uh, made a right-hand turn down the hallway, and a couple seconds go by, and you hear a shot. And if you've ever been in that spot where you weren't really expecting it, you you go, oh, oh that was a – and so uh, that was what that was. So I look at the guys. Everybody's still standing still. Nobody's Nobody's body language really changed. They're all kind of holding – so I knew it wasn't one of us and the line stopped moving and um, try to verbally recall him, no response. And I uh, tried to verbally recall him, start reeling, reeling the line in. Um, and he came around the corner and was not responsive and um, pulled him all the way to me. I was able to, was able to get him out of there. And, uh, get him to the back of the Bearcat. The guys, the guys went into some uh, barricade procedures we have and um, were able to get off the porch and get back behind cover. Not, I won't detail those, but they did a great job of uh, breaking contact. And uh, some of those procedures caused him to jump out of a bathroom window that he had been hiding in at the end of that hall, uh, waiting to ambush anybody that came in that building. And he jumped out of the exterior window and began to flee on foot with a rifle still in his hand and uh officer involved shooting occurred and um he is deceased 
Um, but back to Rico, he got him to the back of the Bearcat, took his prong and his E off because I know those are kind of more constrictive uh, on his breathing. Uh, we do we go through uh, some med training with a with a vet. Uh, we send all our guys through it. It's through a nonprofit. Um, it's really good training. Felt for a femoral pulse. Uh, very thready, very thready. Um, so I'm not going to give up on my boy. I scoop him up and run uh, behind another trailer to put some cover in between me and the house. And while I'm running uh, towards the road where my vehicle is, uh, there's there's a lot of gunfire and I was just kind of expecting to get, cause I thought the dude came back out the back door where we, uh, where we sent Rico in from. And I thought that was our guys and him having it out. And it uh, turns out it was not, I didn't find that out till way later, but I was just kind of expecting to get shot. Um, but, uh, tried to use speed and get behind another trailer to get mass between me and the, uh, where the, the house was. Uh, our other handler saw me coming, was able to get um, his vehicle. He got, he already had his dog out on the front. Um, our other bloodhound handler drove his vehicle. I jumped in the back with Rico and um, we keep, uh, we keep a card on us with, uh, with all the vet emergency vet 24 seven locations in the state, because we never know where we're going to be. And uh, we found the one or cow, my, my other uh, bloodhound handler buddy, found the one with the uh the charleston location on it and and it is did his very best getting us there um and i didn't have a pulse doing chest compressions just trying to trying to do anything i can because i'm not gonna I'm not gonna just call it i'm not a i'm not a vet i'm not we're not i'm not giving up i'm not doing that and uh you can kind of tell but i wasn't gonna wasn't gonna stop um, so we get him to the vet and, uh, they try to do what they can. He's already, he's already gone. So, um, that's, that's about it. That's, um, that was rough. It was a bad day. This was like four months ago, like just recent. September 28th, September 28th, 2023. Yeah. What was this guy's deal? The, the He had a long criminal history. Uh, he had just been let out off of some charges. I apologize for not knowing the exact charges. Uh, I didn't really look this guy up and look into him. I don't know if that'd be good for my mental health, but uh, he was out after multiple, had a lengthy rap sheet and uh, he was out again and should not have been in possession of a weapon and was, and um, had, had Rico not gone in, I don't, one of our guys would have got shot because he was at, he, it would have the way the two doors were set up and he went in, they were in, they were in a, uh, get my hands in here. One was facing into a living room. One was facing down a hallway. S- somebody would have had to step in that door to hold it. And, uh, he was at the far end of that hallway, uh, waiting and, um, the robot couldn't see that far down the hallway or couldn't, he may have had the door closed. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure, uh, until Rico got in there. Um, but he was waiting with a rifle with, with every intent to, 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 uh, to kill law enforcement if they came in there. And, uh, I'm thankful for my buddy because he, uh, he let everybody go home safe and, um, I love him and, but he's not going to pay for food and putting a roof over any of my wife's head, my head, any of my teammates heads. 
um, walking in my teammates, daughters down the aisle. Um, but it still, still sucks. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's tough. Did, uh, I don't know if you know the answer to this, but did the guy who, whose house it was, did he know he was in there? I don't know. Cause that's a guy I want to butt stroke if he knew, you know, I don't know. It's tough. So back in, like we were talking earlier, eight years ago, we had a dog kill Jethro and, um, Ryan, the handler who's retired, lives in Florida, texted me that day and said, I can't believe it's been eight years. Thank you for training a dog that helped me retire. So that was, you know, the whole thing always sucked. And again, it was um, kind of the same situation. It was where we didn't expect to hear that gunshot. You know what I mean? Ryan yep. goes, his dog goes one way. Ryan goes the other. Search. It was a break-in at a grocery store. And uh, who burglarizes a grocery store with a gun, you know? But in the, they yep. shot five rounds into the dog. So um, <laughs> it's it's all, it's all very um, shitty. I saw we... Uh, Ted sent me some stuff. Um, looks like the department like went all in on Rico as far as like memorials and and all that other stuff. Yeah, Those are tough been, too. <laughs> been awesome. Um, that that I uh, I had very little to do with that. My my teammates. I'm very grateful to my teammates. They've uh, they've taken care of me. They looked in on me, and uh, even even before everything, they they keep you keep you on the straight and narrow if you're if you're messing something up if your tactics aren't right if you're if you're uh, doing something as a handler you shouldn't be doing they, they keep you on the straight and narrow and uh they're a good group of good group of fellows I, I definitely appreciate them but um a couple of those guys my my supervisors um helped put that together and that was massive that was um the funeral home in charleston uh very grateful to them i can't I apologize. I don't remember the name, but they, they took him, they took Rico and, um, treated him just like anybody. And, uh, we have him cremated and we went down there the day of his memorial and, uh, brought him back to Columbia and they had a procession and there's some long straight stretches on I 26 and I couldn't see the end of the procession. And, uh, I'm just very grateful for the, for the support of the, everybody in the state law enforcement in the state that, that, uh, that showed up and has continued to reach out and look in on me. And, uh, it was, it was an amazing memorial and, uh, appreciate y'all having me on to talk about him. Uh, uh, he's, he was a great dog. Um, was a little, uh, little slow to pick up tracking. He, he wasn't the greatest at tracking, but he was, uh, <laughs> he was a great dog and he was, he was the perfect dog Once they on, figure uh, out on that. September 28th. Yeah, once they figure out they get to bite people on tracks, then they're all about it. Um, and you know, and it wasn't just um, civilians and other law enforcement. You actually had um, elected officials kind of step in on this too. Yep. Um, this kind of like yep. renewed a a debate locally, well, regionally for you, statewide for you, about some bond reform stuff. Um, there's an argument that this guy shouldn't have even been out. He definitely shouldn't have been in possession of a firearm. But you had um, a representative, I think his name's Neil Collins from, uh, I think, Pickens, South Carolina. They introduced another bill, uh, I think it's House Bill 3247, that is named Fargo, Heiko, and now, and Roscoe, as well as Rico, um, which is, I think, I don't know if it passed or not yet, but they're um, trying to uh, increase the penalties for harming or killing uh, police service animals, both horse and, and dog. But yep. I don't know if it passed or not yet, but... Um, uh, I haven't heard any of that. Uh, I will say 
the handlers of, I talked to two of those handlers today of those other dogs you named off. And, uh, they've been very supportive, uh, and reached out. And, uh, one of, one of those handlers was on my doorstep with, uh, Chick-fil-A biscuit and, uh, and some breakfast the next morning, uh, and his now retired next police dog that he had. And, uh, we spent some, spent some time together that next morning and, uh, very grateful to them. <clears throat> so, uh, in the post and the fallout of this, uh, what has been, uh, I, I assume the agency has like, this kind of like reaffirms a commitment to, uh, the reason that the program was even started and even added dogs, right? Like, cause a lot of times, you know, they want to say, well, we're worried about this, worried about that, but like these, it, it really reaffirms and it sucks that it, this is the way that it reaffirms it, but it reaffirms like why, why they're there and why we're doing what we're doing, or at least why I'm doing what I'm doing on my end and what Doug was doing on, on his end. Right. So, um, so, uh, what has happened with you guys, you and your family, um, since, and what are you doing now? Trying to, Tried to get back on the horse uh, about two weeks. Well, the, the Monday after his memorial, I, I came downstairs for work and uh, took took that most of that week off besides the memorial and came back down. And I uh, said to myself, I was like, I'm, I'm going to go nuts if I don't have a dog. And uh, it's 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 it may sound corny, but that's I feel like that's what I'm meant to do. Um, I love it and don't want to do anything else. So the department's been super supportive. Uh, our chief, our, my entire chain of command has been super supportive of uh, getting me another one. Uh, we haven't picked a dog yet. Uh, we're working out some some kinks in the process. Um, Doug kind of got out of, uh, of the dog stuff for just a little bit. And um, um, we're working on a, on a way to standardize our training across the department. And that is to... Um, hire a canine trainer at SLED and uh, we're still we're still going through the process on that so I'm kind of holding off I'm not putting all my eggs in one basket and one one training style before and just get a dog that whoever we get as a, a trainer will will turn around and be like I don't we can I can work with it but it wasn't you know wasn't trained how it needed to be trained and imprinted and with with our tactics and everything else we looked around at some different places um, great results from, from both the places we went and looked at. Uh, there's good results from other places, uh, that we've, we've, we've heard of, uh, just, it's hard to get the products we got from Doug and then try to figure something else out. And, uh, we're, we're working towards, I think a, a really solid solution. Uh, I don't want to say too much about it, but, uh, I think it's going to be, going to be really good. The department's department's been very supportive and, uh, we're going to get back on the horse. Sled's going to get a lot of resumes. Yeah, I would live in South Carolina. I think. I think I might. No, I'm kidding. I would, but uh, you already have. I'm, I did. Might as well I'm come back. Stuck yeah, here. But, um, come back to the strip club. <laughs> yeah, right. I think it's still there. But uh, when when our dog Jethro got killed, um, I had to. I had to get. I, listen, I'd known Ryan for a long time. We. Uh, came on the department within three or four months of each other and got on SWAT at the same time and worked together on the street. I worked with Ryan for, we were in dope unit together. I worked with him for a long time. And this was his, uh, Jethro was his second dog. Uh, his first dog had a career, like 175 apprehensions, like a career, like wow. an ungodly career. 
And uh, we had Jethro, who he raised up, which is not how we normally do it. But I knew if I didn't get him back on the horse, I was going to lose him. Um, because he also wasn't, you know, a young guy. He'd been on the 20 years on the job at that point. And, um, or I don't fucking however many years he was on. Yeah, pretty close to that. So um, we got him a dog. <laughs> he started class February 1st, so less than a month. But I had to get him in there because because it was going to, um, we were going to lose him. So, but it does affirm your training, you know, that, that yep. he, the dog did his, what he's supposed to do because so many people are out here and I had, I had one so I can speak to it. So many people out here working dogs that won't do the job. They're just not going to do it. Uh, my very first dog had 70, at least 70 failures, seven zero failures wow. in three years. Um, the fact I didn't get killed or anybody else didn't get killed is just an absolute miracle. Um, now was Rico sleds first KIA that we know of. There may have been a, a bloodhound back in seventies, eighties that that we we don't may not have records on at this point. Um, but in in probably since the the eighties or nineties that we know of, yes, it was the first one. Hopefully, the last. Yeah, uh, the hopefully. deputy got shot. I I. Uh, erroneously he, uh, signed his death sheet but he's good he's back way he's to working. go asshole as, as far as i know he's he's recovered well uh, i don't know his work status or not but i know i know he uh he was out of the hospital in a couple of days so I, I think he's he's doing uh doing all right yeah glad to hear the dudes yeah. put some holes in that guy um i'm assuming he was two side by cop at the end there you know running out in a blaze of glory you think I don't know. I didn't see it. Um, yeah. I, I, I assume that's what he had planned for inside the building, but um, due to the way we we did it, that's we were able to locate him and knew not to run in there and knew that that he was he was inside with intent to harm us. And then due to the tactics the guys used, uh, did a great job. They pushed him, made him make the decision to get out the window, and uh, he was still armed and. Um, that was it's that. his fault. Yeah, he he brought he brought a gun to a gunfight, and so it didn't work out. A um, couple of tactics that that uh, I don't think it'll give too much away as far as giving stuff away. If you don't mind, like making sure the dogs go in before before humans. If there's rooms that can be searched with a dog before a human goes in there, please do it for any handlers listening. Listening, uh, that's that's huge. Um, if you are having to manually move your dog into a room with you behind him with or without your gun out. And you just have to manually buy his collar or something, put him in a room, maybe work on that in training where you don't have to expose yourself uh, because all it takes is a, is a bullet being a little bit higher than your dog. And now that's you and not your dog. Uh, let your, allow your dog to do his job. We love him. Um, it hurts a lot. Um, but again, they're there to do a job. And we need to let them do their job and go in and, and do it without us being right right there on top of them, right there exposed. Yeah. And, and one thing I'll say too, just based off of something you said earlier, and uh, the to, and I'm the reason I'm saying this is because I searched a lot of freaking places. Always try to have the mindset that the guy's in there. Yep. Don't don't second guess it. Don't take the uh, mindset that he isn't. Um, I know I did it. I'm telling you, I half-assed 
hundreds of searches, hundreds. Uh, I know it, guaranteed. And when Ryan, I know when Ryan did the uh, grocery store, it was an alarm. The only reason why he really, like, really bared down and took it seriously is because they found an open hatch in the roof. So they knew for sure that it was yeah. not a, a fluke. So he took it seriously. Or otherwise, maybe, you know, maybe he would have half-assed it and just followed the dog, you know, in, into the... Uh, the dog went left and he knew he should have checked yeah. right and he did what he's supposed to do. So glad you're sitting here talking to us, man. Um, your yeah. wife still sitting over off the side there. She is. She's over there listening. Well, she can hear me talking, but I got these in so she can't quite hear what y'all are saying. She might listen to the whole thing later. Cool. Um, well, we really appreciate it, man. I'm glad you came on this tough story to tell. Uh, don't be surprised if other podcasts reach out because you got a good story. I mean, it's well, it's uh, I've never done this before, but uh, definitely grateful. And uh, hopefully, hopefully, uh, people more people understand Rico's sacrifice and the sacrifice a lot of police dogs uh, make, and it lets allows us to come home to our families. And that's uh, the crazy thing is, man, when after Jethro got killed, all of a sudden. Next week, another dog got killed, and then boom. And I'm like, this is like the worst year ever of dogs getting killed. But it's just because it, we started really paying attention to it, you know? Yeah. And it's it's not it, uh, nothing. Like, there's a lot. It, it happens a lot. And so there's a lot of handlers that go home. We've had we've had several on here. So, um, and um, we always appreciate their stories. So, yep. anyways. Well, definitely, uh, definitely grateful for y'all having me. Are they... Um, where, where, so real quick, where did they do the memorial at? It was at the South Carolina Criminal Justice Academy, which is uh, right there in Columbia mm -hmm. and right, right down the street from our, our headquarters. We just didn't we don't have a, a venue to host. Uh, however, many hundred people were there. Yeah. Did they have a uh, memorial yet? Like a dog memorial at the at that place? Uh, there's a ton of. Um, are you talking about at the at the academy? Yeah, like with where they can yes, put his so name are, on that type of thing. They are, yeah, they are in the process of putting a very permanent canine memorial. Uh, they have kind of a temporary thing right there right now, and um, and he's already on that. He was on that probably by the time of the memorial. Um, but they they are they have big plans to to do a canine memorial there at the. They have a hall of fame. They have a South Carolina Law Enforcement Hall of Fame, which is right there on the academy property. And that will be part of the, the Hall of Fame. Will be the Canine Memorial. That's pretty cool. A uh, Hall of Fame. I'm interested in that. Uh, it's it's uh, some history from South Carolina law enforcement and officers that have died in the line of duty. Um, there's probably other elements that I don't know to mention right here, and hopefully nobody will uh, hammer me on that. I apologize nobody, for not, not knowing the entirety no, of nobody's going to hear me on there. that. <laughs> What? I would yeah. love the I would love it if they if they put guys in the Hall of Fame that are still alive, and that dude could just walk around with his giant nuts, <laughs> just swinging like, "Yeah, bitch, I'm in the Hall of Fame." The fuck out of here. <laughs> Take your shit somewhere yeah. else. So, <laughs> Ted, where can you be found at, bud? Porchlight Canine, letter K number nine, and all the socials, um, and that's the website as well. Uh, that's where the pets are too. If you want to see um, cute, fluffy dogs being trained, my trainers are doing that. And then um, HRD Police Canine, we have a bunch of seminars coming up uh, for 2024. Um, we have a big one that's going to be in the Charleston area um, in October uh, yeah. with uh, me and Ray, and then Jeff Shetler. 
uh, is going to be there. And then um, Paul Ludwig, uh, the other one of the other guys that does kind of a similar type of training to what HRD does. Uh, and I love Paul. Um, he has a very similar story. The one we just heard tonight um, that ended up a little bit differently, but it's like, it's always seems like the stuff kind of like falls out of these, which is a good and a bad thing. Uh, but yeah, we're doing that in October if I remember right. And then of course, oil capital canine fund, which is our 501, which is similar to the police Georgia thing that, um, Richard went to, uh, for Oklahoma canine handlers. Uh, we started that. So that's OC canine fund.org letter K number nine. Uh, yeah. What about you, Eric? Van S canine pretty much everywhere. Um, so I, I post a lot about my e-collar without conflicts, uh, for working dog seminar and people will go, when are you? when are you going to come to Texas or you have any plans of going to New York or whatever, I have to get hosted. So an agency has to host us and I'll come out. So if that's, that's how that works. Um, so if you're interested, you can email me, Eric at van S canine.com. Um, and I'll get back to you meet immediately. So, um, because you Otherwise, can't stand little out. bubbles on your I phone. I can't do it. I got to answer them. <laughs> you so. got to answer every text. Dude, the other day <laughs> I was on my whole exchange, you know, the the whole, mm. all my email addresses on there. And it kept showing one unread email. And I was like, where the fuck is this email? Dude, it was from like a year ago. I, it just re like popped back up. I found that bitch scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. So, um, but anyways, um, Richard, do you have anything you want to promote or anything? Promote yourself on social media, then you're not in it for the right reasons. And uh, if you're there to find find criminals and uh, bring them to justice and protect you and your fellow officers in your community, that's that's the right reasons. Uh, if you got any, if you got any donations, uh, the Society of Former Agents, uh, you can look them up online. I believe there's a website. Uh, I may be able to get you a link, uh, but they're taking donations. We're we're trying to, um, there's not a, not been a huge number of donations come in. There have been a, a lot, but not like, you know, five digits, maybe four digits for sure. Um, but we're trying to get enough to put on a training seminar, hopefully in the Charleston area, uh, for canine handlers down there, uh, to give back to that community and that law, that the law enforcement community down there that, that was affected and, uh, and train, train their handlers and dogs and make them better for, finding criminals and protecting officers, protecting the community. Yeah. That's have to the pay system. attention to that. I'll come down and hang out. It'd be yeah, fun. No kidding. Yes, sir. We'd love to have y'all. Yeah. yeah. I'd come down. It's uh S O C X S L E D.org. Sock X sled.org is the society. of of slip. Uh, I'm fast. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, there, and I saw in one of the news articles anywhere that you can make a donation in Rico's name. Um, <clears throat> okay. But, and I don't know where that's at though. I couldn't find but anyway, it's we'll. I'll, okay. I'm going to send it to our. I'll try and I'll try and get you guys that that information if you want to put it. Um, if you're if you want to put it with the podcast yeah, or not, it doesn't, doesn't matter. But thank y'all, thank y'all again for having me. I appreciate you coming on and and telling the story. Um, I don't know if it's cathartic to you. I don't know if it's helps or not. You've told the story a million times, but uh, we appreciate every word. So yeah. Thanks All for right. coming on. Thanks, thanks, thanks guys. Thanks. Your reasons, I got my wants. Still got that feeling, but I'm too old to die young. 
Working Dog Radio was graciously granted permission to use this music by Brother Deeg. Be sure to check him out at brotherdeeg.blogspot.com. That's spelled brother, D-E-G-E, dot blogspot.com. Be sure to buy him a beer at Amazon, iTunes, or CD Baby, or anywhere you stream your music. Working Dog Radio was edited and co-produced by Alicia Brandt.